And we also thank God continually, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as human word, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. For you, brothers and sisters, became imitators of God's church in Judea, which are in Jesus, who you suffered from your own people, the same things those churches suffered from the Jews who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and also drove us out. They displease God and are hostile to everyone in their effort to keep us from speaking to the Gentiles so that they may be saved. In this way, they always heap up their sins to the limit. The wrath of God has come upon them at last. But brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time, in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you for we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan blocked our way. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith, so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. For you know quite well that we are destined for them. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted, and it turned out that way, as you well know. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labors might have been in vain. But Timothy has now just come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. He told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. This is the word of the Lord. Hi, my name is Mark. I'm part of the team here and it's my delight to be with you this morning. Just a rustle of paper for a little while, one second. I, um, before we get started, I just want to tell you about my uh, DVD collection. Yeah, don't despair. <laughs> Does that age me, DVDs? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I haven't told you about my VHS collection. <laughs> there are a couple of uh, movies in our collection that I've watched once and once only. Um, Both of them, multi-Oscar winning films, amazing films. One of them, um, you might understand why, I've only watched it once, is Schindler's List. What an amazing film, but I have not got the heart or the stomach to watch it again. 
And the other might surprise you slightly, and that is the, the English Patient. Uh, if you don't know it, it's a 1996 epic romantic war drama, uh, winner of nine Oscars. And the essence of the tale is a tragic tale of love and longing and separation. The film ends really badly with the hero and the heroine dying and separated from each other, dying alone. And here in this story, and Liz, thank you so much uh, for reading. Uh, here in our story, we are looking at a, a, a story of separation, which ends well, as you saw. We nevertheless see something of the same desperate love and fear and longing that Paul feels for being separated, from being separated from the Thessalonians, from whom he has been forcibly parted. So today we're going to continue our series on how to light up the world, following on from uh, Sam last week speaking on authentic discipleship. We're now going to look into the rest of this story. Now, the background to this story and most of the New Testament is a story of persecution and also the return of Christ. That's always in the background in this book. But I want to speak on this occasion about authentic discipleship in the light of this passage. I want to speak about authentic faith genuine fear, and sincere fellowship. Let's speak about authentic faith, first of all. Verse 13, Paul says, And we thank God continually because you received the word of God, which you heard from us. You accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is indeed at work in you, who believe. That word at work is actually a Greek word, energio. The true word of God, energizing and powering these Christians. He goes on. For you, brothers and sisters, became imitators of God's churches in Judea, which are in Christ Jesus. You suffered from your own people the same things. What is he saying? He's saying that the true word of God has brought about the suffering that they're now enduring, that they indeed are under the same sort of persecution that many of the other churches preaching the true word of God are suffering. You know, we have some wonderful traditions in the Church of England. Um, one of my favorites is Harvest Festival. We don't do it here, but... I mean, don't you love a harvest festival? All those vegetables piled up on, on the altar. Tins of vegetables and, and soup. There's always soup, isn't there? And baked goods, you know. It's, it's a lovely thing. And uh, it's lovely to see that. It's a lovely tradition. But you know, the devil's not going to be worried about us having a few carrots and parsnips around. He's not going to be afraid of a, a parsnip waved about. But Paul says elsewhere that the word of God is the sword of the spirit. 
And if we go into the enemy's camp swinging a sword around, we are going inevitably to see opposition. In a recent Alpha, a couple of years ago, uh, we were having the away weekend, a time for people to receive of the Holy Spirit, and quite a number of people were receiving beautifully from the Holy Spirit. There was crying, there was laughter, there was a lady laid out on the floor. There was spiritual and emotional healing taking place at that time. And the word, as the word of God, which we heard preached, was at work in them. And at the end of that session, I was called off to help one of our guests who had returned to their room and they had an existing condition, but essentially they were having a complete, um, I'll call it a, a acute panic attack. At best, this was an unhelpful distraction. But one of our members of the team was Philip from, from uh, Myanmar. You may, some of you will remember Philip. And uh, maybe they're more used to it in that part of the world. But he said what was happening had all of the uh, hallmarks of a spiritual attack on this person. We were able to help this person and uh, he recovered and uh, it all worked out fine. But nevertheless, that authentic faith, the true word of God at operation in Alpha, we saw what looked to be like opposition looked to be a reaction so authentic um, faith brings opposition and we should expect opposition genuine fear Paul in this next section explains for the readers the occasion of his letter and that is that he has sent Timothy to check up on them he's been worried about them and here he, he recounts the encouraging report back he's had from Timothy but he also explains his motivation, and his motivation came out of fear and concern that those under persecution might not make it. In our own Western Christianity, our lovely Anglican Christianity, we've begun to believe that everything kind of works out for good, that there are no setbacks, that everything is the Lord's will. Uh, well, it's not. Sometimes we do have setbacks. Sometimes we do have failures. And we have to be real and be open to the devil's schemes. Paul was rightly concerned. We quote scriptures like, if God is for us, who can be against us? All things work together for good. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul wrote all of those things. But he also, in verse 5, wrote this. I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labors might have been in vain. Paul, afraid. Peter puts it like this, be alert and of sober mind. The enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. In war, there are breakthroughs and there are casualties. Again, at a more recent Alpha, we had uh, a young man who had really met with God during Alpha, but shortly after was giving a diagnosis uh, of a terrible disease, 
which has caused him to have real despair and doubt. And one cannot help but see the connection between those things. We are working with this young man and we're going to see him released from this. But we are right to have concern and fear for what can happen. Okay, the good news is there is a remedy, a very straightforward remedy to all of this. Sam spoke last week about the road less traveled, about Paul being a caring parent, a father and a mother to these young Christians in Thessalonica. And we're going to talk now about sincere fellowship. For Paul says he now feels orphaned. One translation says, torn away. It says, brothers and sisters, we were orphaned, torn away by being separated from you. Even though for a short time. Paul, like my dashund Frank, had separation anxiety. We see in the war in Ukraine that people can put up with all kinds of hardships, persecutions, opposition. People are not easily broken, but torturers and interrogators know that the most powerful weapon in their malevolent armory is solitary confinement. being separated from those we love. And that's why Paul says in verse 18, we longed to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did. The gospel that we preach is the good news of a new king and a new kingdom. But unusually, Our kingdom, our new kingdom, is a holy nation, Paul calls it, a royal priesthood. We don't just come to a place to do religion. We are the place, Paul tells us. We are the living temple. We are the holy nation. It's absolutely vital that we come together. In John 17, just before he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane, there's a whole chapter of Jesus' heartfelt prayer, an intimate prayer with the Father. And the essence of that prayer is that, Father, that they may be one as we are one. Paul puts it this way in this passage, verse 19. For what is our hope, our joy, or our crown in which we will glory in the presence of the Lord Jesus when he comes, is it not you? It's you. Indeed, you are our glory and joy. Listen to Paul's heart. Verse 5. When I could stand it no longer. Verse 17. Out of intense longing. Verse 17 again. We made every effort. Verse 18, for we wanted it. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again. Verse 10, Paul prays for it night and day, he says. Verse 18, the devil persistently resists it. Satan blocked our way again and again. 
And what is this that Paul longs for, that he prays for night and day, that Satan makes a point of resisting? Well, surprisingly, it's not that there would be an end to the persecution. He prays, he longs, Satan resists that we might see you again, that we might see you again. You know, often there are many reasons I can find for not being at church or being among God's people. Um, but when I was uh, a young man and I'd just come to know Jesus Christ, my, the church I attended was about five miles away and uh, I needed to take a bus to go there. Uh, and then sometimes I wouldn't have the bus fare and I would have to walk five miles to church, have a Sunday morning service, stay through till Sunday evening, evening service and and walk home again. And then we moved. We moved further away. We moved 10 miles away. Had to take two buses. And nearly invariably, I didn't have enough bus fare for two buses. So I'd walk half the way, take the bus the other half, and on the way back. Um, sometimes, and all too often, um, I didn't have any bus fare. And I would walk 10 miles to church in the morning, spend the day there, and walk 10 miles home again in the evening. Such was my passion to be amongst God's people. Such was my passion to be among the body of Christ. You know, we uh, run a small prayer community in our home. And this is a community where sincere and committed Christians come together to pray, to share life together. And even though these are very mature Christians, committed uh, to the word and, uh, and to Christ. Nevertheless, we find that as we are together, we have to share our troubles and our deep sorrows and our weaknesses. And it's only in this sort of environment when we are together as the body of Christ that these things can be healed. So my encouragement is, whether it's home group, prayer group, coffee time, Bible studies, prayer triplets, coming to the services, Whatever it is, we need to look out for each other to be encouraged and to encourage each other. Paul says in verse 10, we want to supply what's lacking in your faith. But he also in verse 7 says, in our distress and the persecution that we are suffering, we were encouraged because of you. I was at a talk uh, earlier in the week by uh, Lord Dannett, the former head of the army and the and the armed forces chief, um, and he shared this, um, what he called his battlefield rule of thumb. He said, and he was talking in the context of the, the war between Ukraine and Russia, he was talking about this battle rule, battlefield rule of thumb that morale and moral conviction are three times as important on the battlefield as any physical attributes troop numbers, troop superiority, better equipment, all of those things. Morale and moral conviction, three times as important. And we've seen that, haven't we, in Ukraine? We've seen how the Ukrainian forces have managed to resist a much better and larger and better equipped army. It's that moral conviction, that help that we bring each other as by coming together. So Paul's final prayer in this, in this passage, verses 11 through 13, if you're following, he prays that he would be able to come 
to you, I would come to you that you would love one another and strengthen your hearts. So, how to light up God's world. Authentic faith, the true word of God, will bring opposition. A true word of God that it's a work, an energy in our hearts. We should and we ought to have genuine fear and concern for each other, for casualties. But the remedy is that we should have sincere and intense longing to have sincere fellowship and belong together. Amen.